Welcome to Basement Side. I'm your host, Deeg, aka Greg, here with my friends, Matt, aka Matt Dev, and Brian, aka Fat Thor. Basement Side is the only place where you can get hot opinions from cold, bitter gamers. How are you, gents? Good. I thought you were about to say cold, bitter old men, because that's also apropos. Yeah. Yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> I wanted to make it ring, and I think I got like a four out of ten for what was in my head right there. <laughs> I thought it was more like an eight, but go, that was good. Yeah, I thought it was good. Ah, oh, thanks, baby. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> it would have been Flex a ten if it was like if it was cold, bitter old men. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so last time the three of us sat down, we talked about your first impressions of Half Life, Alex. Um, day one, after a few hours of playtime. Um, and before I get too much talking done here, let me turn the footage on. I do have some B-roll for us. There's that. And there's that. All right. We should be in action. So yeah. we're starting off spoiler-free, gents. Um, we'll get to a point where we want to talk about the ending. And when we do, I'll switch us over into spoiler mode. But I'll try to be very clear about that so folks are aware. Um, so VR Half-Life, the first blush was positive, if I remember right. You guys both played it. I'm just here to mediate the discussion. I don't have a VR set. Um, I remember one of the more interesting things that you shared with us, Matt, is that you had a hard time with kind of staying in VR, staying jacked in for a long time. You talked about the movement a little bit. Is your VR sickness continued, or has it gotten better over time? Um, No, it didn't. <laughs> So uh, it was funny because I, I started to get a little bit used to it, I think. Um, and this is, is something that I, I kind of changed partway through was one of the things I noticed was so and for those that, that aren't aware of the game, there's sort of three main movement types within the game. You have um, blink, which is effectively like a teleportation type movement. Um, you have instant, which is like also teleportation, but it, like it just does it sort of like instantly instead of a fade out, fade in. Um, and then you have continuous, which is like more traditional, like a typical FPS where you actually use a joystick to kind of move you around throughout the world. Um, I originally was using Blink for a while because that kind of like just did not make me feel as like motion sicknessy. Um, but one of the things that I kind of noticed with it was that I felt like it was like not really as good of a gaming experience with that mode. Like it was sort of like this weird, like I, I found myself like bouncing around and like it felt like I was like cheating with obstacles in a way at first, even though it like didn't make me feel as like motion sicknessy. Um, so then cheating, what, huh? what, what's like, that? Like it gave you a competitive advantage to be able to just it, cast your feet yeah. around. Yeah. Cause there's these points where you have to like walk across these like narrow bridges and stuff. And that was like super easy to do with the teleportation type. But like when you're using it in movement, you actually have to kind of like make oh, sure. Man. It sounds super tense. Line. It is. It is. So I, I switch to the continuous type, which I think Brian was using pretty much the whole time. Um, and that just like wrecked me. Like I felt like I was going to throw up like the first five uh -huh. minutes of using it. Like <laughs> it was just crazy. But eventually I got myself used to it to, to be able to do it. Um, the problem was, is that I, I got to a point where I could only really just do an hour at a time um, before I just felt myself getting dizzy and needing to take a break. Um, and so th that, if, <laughs> if there's a downside to the game, that's actually probably the biggest downside is that like people like myself who can't do these long VR sessions, just, it, it was just too much for me. And, and I've done other games. Like I played a lot of, uh, racing Sims and those I don't have any problems with, but also because you're sitting the whole time. So I think that plays quite, quite a bit of a, uh, 
kind of role in the whole thing. But like the continuous mode, like only being able to do an hour at a time, especially when you're at like some tense point in the story and you're like, fuck, I need to take a break or else I'm gonna like throw up. Like that was like yeah. a little bit different. Did you have the same experience, Brian? Or are you like a seasoned VR navigation pro at this point? Uh, I did not have the same uh, situation as him, but I've, I, for whatever reason, it doesn't matter how janky the game, I don't get motion sickness. I don't, I don't really quite understand it, but um, so this more I, nature I did or nurture this. type thing. With the I think it's nature. I, I really think it's nature because I've had a few friends over that have tried, not necessarily Alex, but if you are in general, uh-huh. and the same people get sick on any game. So I, I, I really don't. I'm sure maybe on Alex it might be a little bit better. I mean, especially if you have an index and then you're, you know, you got the, maybe if you did the teleportation, they'd notice a huge difference. But at the same time, I think it's the same people that just really get that motion sickness no matter what they're doing. But yeah. with that said, I... I enjoy it, and I could play. I could play the game for hours if I could. But I how many hours do I think you guys to beat it? Uh, I have to check. I think it was about sixteen. Let me look real quick. I can just pull it up and check. Yeah, let me check too. Fifteen hours for me. So, and this so is yeah, not a game a... where you fly along. Like you really, you really take your time and explore. That that's what makes VR fun, right? Yeah, and I think this is something that a lot of other reviewers have said too, and I, I don't think I can emphasize it enough, is that this game is actually way slower than every other Half-Life installment, right? right. And like, like so I, I just played Black Mesa like right before this, maybe a month or two prior. And it, it's funny because you have these like battles where you're just like fighting, you know, hordes of these, these combine people and they're just coming at you constantly, right? And like, that's sort of like just how the Half-Life games were is you have these these sections kind of like in Doom where you have like a, a nest right that you'd come upon you just yeah. have to fucking kill everybody yeah the yeah. max that you kill like that you fight in certain sections of this is like three people so it, it is oh wow it, but but it feels like a thousand times more tense where the other ones like in a normal FPS you're getting the intensity just by the sheer volume this you're getting intense because you have to like physically reload your gun and if a guy is getting close to you and he's about to shoot you in the face like the pressure to reload that gun becomes so much higher that was one of the comments you made when you were first starting, Matt, is that you could not get the reload right no matter how fucking hard you tried. I got a lot better at it eventually, but <laughs> it was terrible at sure. first. So it took a lot of getting used to that you can't just smash an R button. You have to like reach back, pull it out, load it in, cock your cock your gun, and yeah. And that's really makes VR like kind of different from your your controller and mouse and keyboard gaming experience, right? Is that it seems like the number of like I don't know if the right word is verbs, gameplay verbs, like ways to, uh, the number of actions you have to take in order to get something done is a lot higher. It, it's a lot less gamified compared to, say, Half-Life 1 or 2. And Yeah, I think I think that's true of this game specifically. I don't know if that's true of VR as a whole necessarily. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's like, again, I play racing sims a lot, but like I'm playing a racing sim where I have, I'm playing actually with a normal Xbox. So I have the VR headset on, but like I actually am using a controller and sitting in my chair to do it. Um, so I you're not this game, like grabbing the wheel in VR with your VR hands? No, no, no. And, okay. and I think that would be as conducive because you, like with a lot of racing sims, you're, you're kind of emphasizing accuracy. I think right. what a lot of people do is they use wheels, but um, that makes I sense. eventually like to do that. But it, it's it with this, I think it's like the way they design the gameplay. And, and Valve's always been really good about this. It's so funny watching this scene, by the way. It's like that were you're streaming this puzzle took me so long to figure out and then when i finally figured it out i had this like wanted to just punch myself in the face <laughs> moment because it was so <laughs> stupid um 
anyways, uh, yeah, it's it's with uh, racing sims, it's not as big of a deal, but like Valve's always been big on like kind of designing gameplay with a story almost that follows the gameplay in a way. Yeah, um, and sort of the mechanics of it. Right. This, they they definitely use VR as like that blank canvas to like figure out how can we actually make a gameplay mechanism that works for VR and VR only and not something that would translate well to a, a traditional gaming experience. Right. So they're then like picking stuff up and throwing it and like manipulating controls on a surface and stumbling around in dark corridors. Like what other ways is is Alex using to tell a story in VR? Oh, I think it's I think it's great just the environment itself, the detail in it. It's yeah. way better than any other any other VR game I've played. It's just so far beyond. You could just stand there and look at like the cabinets and like this old destroyed kitchen or something like that, and you can literally open every cabinet door. Just looking at it, it's just it feels cool. Even if you don't find anything, it's pretty slick. Just whipping them all open and see how they interact and stuff like that. It feels real. It's it's a pretty slick environment. Yeah, one of my favorite environmental things I remember is when. Um... I should have sent you this clip, but I, I totally forgot about it. Uh, but when you're in that like town square area, right before you go back into that hotel, um, it's it, you basically are just about to go. I think the hotel is called like the North Star or something like that. Um, yep. And right before you're there, there's all this like trash on the ground. And I found this like newspaper. And the fact that you could actually pick up the newspaper and like read the articles that are in there in such <laughs> a great detail was just such a crazy thing. And like what was happening in the news of like this world they created, like they put such insane detail into it. Or even like the the radios that you can interact with where you like actually like turn the tuning knob uh-huh. and are able to, you know, pull the antenna up to get to get reception. Like it's stuff like that. that right. It's just unreal. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So like twisting, pushing, throwing. Yeah. Um, and it's, they, yeah. I mean, again, they, they, one of the core mechanics of the game is, well, it, so one thing is showing on the screen right now is these the types of puzzles, thing. right? Like right. where you're wiring stuff. Like you, you couldn't necessarily, I mean, you could do that on a PC, but I don't think it's going to be as good. Um, or those like, uh, eventually the orbs got annoying, but those like weird like orb things that were puzzles to solve to like open up the weapon weapon upgrade stations. Um, and then last, the thing that they did the, the best, of course, is the gravity gloves, right? Which just felt so natural at the end of it. Right, so Half-Life 2 had the gravity gun, which mm-hmm. let you pick things up with right-click and, sh- and throw them with left. I'm guessing the gravity gloves have a similar function? Sort of, yeah. So you basically will like point at something, um, and then you pull the trigger and then you flick your wrist back and it allows you to like launch it towards you. And then you actually have to use your fingers, at least on the index, you have to use your fingers to actually catch that object. Oh my God. It's like, it's like, ugh, it's like star Wars, like catching a lightsaber. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> That's awesome. And it, it's, it's one of those things where it seems like it could have been done really clunky, but they did it so well that it just felt super natural at the end. Like it was hard at first, but, but once you get used to it, it's just second nature. Did you feel the same way, Brian? Hell yeah. I mean, I, I, it took me a little bit to get that flicking motion down. It probably like a lot longer than that. <laughs> but once once I did get it down, I, I was like, oh, okay. You know, and it was actually wicked fun to do very easy. Like, you know, once you get that like repetition down and stuff like that, like you're kind of, you're going through the levels a lot smoother, stuff like that. It's, it's pretty slick. It's like what he's doing now is he's fighting a strider or he's dodging a strider. Yeah. Like just moving through that is like wicked intense. I know it looks pretty cool right now but when you're in vr it's a whole different feeling it's like holy shit 
I got to duck my head. You know, I got to crouch down, shit like that, like peek oh around God. the corners. It's it's wicked cool. I don't know how to explain it. So if you're yeah, not like, watching not... the VOD right now, there's an enormous strider trying to bust through the wall where while Matt's tumbling through this like like apartment building. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, again, because the VR, it only shows your right eye. For me, it's my um, and it, it's it's just hard to explain. Like it does not translate to a stream very well. Like you have to just like see it because everything looks great. Like it looks beautiful in this, and like yeah, you can pay attention to the story, but like so much of the environment is so important to be in this three D space, and that's really just like they they use it to just tell the story so well. Like the section that's after this, if I remember correctly, it's right after this where you have to shoot the strider down um like that section it, it just there is no way that it translates like the level in, of intensity to a flat screen like i felt like i was looking at my like heart rate monitor afterwards and some of these sections my heart rate would shoot up to like 140 bpm <laughs> <laughs> yeah see so right course, here like he's like opening all the cap or the drawers and shit like that like yeah, when you're looking at it about. it's yeah it's pretty coming up empty though yeah, you have to um, check every single one though, because like that's the thing is like you're at points where if you look at my ammo on the screen here, I only have two bullets, so I'm like, oh I shit, need to get some ammo. So is ammo fun. pretty scarce in this? Oh yeah. Yep. So yeah, other than very, like very very scarce. So what kind of weapons are we talking about? Is it is it just the pistol and that that weird like tranquilizer launcher? What kind of are all the half life weapons kind of present here? Uh no. So there there's only four actually. Uh -huh. So you have. Uh, well, I guess if you count grenades too. So you have grenades, obviously, which I just threw one in this scene. You got your pistol, which you kind of start with. Um, you have the shotgun, and then you have the like I forgot what the laser gun thing is called. Um, actually, so yeah, just just those ones. But you get to upgrade them at these different stations. So your guns actually have an upgrade mechanic as well. Uh, and so those, so they kind of become like different guns in a way. But you you don't have that many. Again, that's just sort of uh -huh. part of it. That makes sense. So. Are the upgrade pads you can take with the guns like do they is there like choice in that where like you can go down kind of path a or path b or is it just like strictly no it's pretty it's pretty linear well it's not linear it's like you get four options yeah so you have to collect this stuff called resin which you can see i have 17 resin kind of in the bottom corner. those are things that you kind of find just digging through drawers and stuff like that uh -huh. and then each upgrade for your weapon costs a certain amount of resin and so there it's not really a path or anything it's just like you get to do it i didn't actually collect enough resin to max out my weapons um because i just didn't find enough i don't know brian did you i got pretty close if not i i actually didn't even get the last two or three upgrades that i could have gotten yeah i think there was like because I, I didn't feel like i needed it exactly exactly and one of the things that I, I read a lot of so you can see this actually with what i'm shooting right now on screen um one of the upgrades is a laser sight and I think the laser sight kind of felt like I was cheating in a way, like it made it a little bit too easy. Huh. So once I got the laser sight on that gun, I didn't actually upgrade any of the other guns. Yep, same here. <laughs> like, it, did you get it for the pistol? I no, I only did it for the for the that laser gun thing or whatever it was called. Okay, so I didn't get it for the laser gun, but I got it for the pistol. And you know how, like, when the head crabs, like when they miss you, they jump, miss you, and yeah. like when they get ready to jump, they like sprawl up their front legs. And yep. you can see their heart in it, like that. That scope shows you where to shoot. Yeah. Like in in a at first, I kind of liked it, and after a while, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I like that. Like I understand, like if I didn't have that on there, I wouldn't know where to shoot specifically. But next time I do this game, I'm gonna do it on hard. I'm not even gonna waste my time on that that reflex scope, whatever they called it for the pistol, because yeah, yeah, I didn't feel like it was really that beneficial, other than teaching me where to shoot. But 
Yeah, where you get the most effective aim. There are no. those one, and so one of the head that was one of the things that interesting too is in this game there's like multiple types of head crabs and the, the there's these one head crabs and they were probably like the most frustrating thing in the game to fight it, they have those like spiky things on top of them mm -hmm. and you can't actually just shoot at the head crab because like it just oh, it, yeah. protects it you have to wait for it to jump at you or wait for it to like lift up in order to kill it because if you just shoot at it it's not going to die uh, <laughs> and so there's certain like mechanics like that that just made it really like a much more challenging game yeah, it kind of forced you to to shake up your gameplay loop rather than just point mm -hmm. and shooting, right? Exactly. So, okay. I'm seeing you picking up, is that a grenade you're picking up and then throwing at the dude with the gravity exactly. uh, gloves? Okay. Yep. That's pretty cool. And yeah, this cool. section I totally just got wrecked in so many times. So Because so, they would launch these drones at you and then the drones like completely mess you up. And How much of this feels like being in a movie you can control? Is it very cinematic feeling or does it feel more like a game? I Do you want to feel you? like it is a bit more cinematic. Yeah, like, I mean, the, the section that comes to mind for me is any of the, quote, what you would count as a cut scene. Uh -huh. So, like, when you first meet that Vortigaunt um, or, like, the scenes with, like, your dad, like, those feel, like, totally like a movie, except you're walking around in it. Yeah. So is it kind of like the classic Half-Life style cut scene where there's stuff going on around you, but you're still in control of your movement and exactly. your positioning? Okay. Exactly. I love that. Yeah, we were. But it's um, like it's like way crazier because like you'll go up to like these the Vortigaunt I thought was like one of the craziest things to see like that going into his house was just such a weird feeling like but it felt like it was beautiful like it was unlike anything I've ever experienced. That's really cool. I need to get my hands in, on an index so I can experience this myself. Yes, you do. Let's go yeah. ahead and buy one. We'll wait. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like yes, the index is expensive, but I again, I I have not played it on another headset, but I feel like it would totally suffer because having the finger movement to like touch and catch things and press buttons is it just felt so natural. Yeah, and what the other thing too that appeals to me is 120 hertz display. Yep. Like even yep. even just staring at a normal flat screen display, I can't stand low refresh rates. Like 60 is like like death for me. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I could see that as being uh, really helpful and uh, just feeling feeling immersed there. Um, are there any other competitors that are that are competing at at at, at, at the same level of fidelity with the index? I think the Vive Pro right is one that's supposed to be pretty good for whatever the one that just came out. Is it the Vive Pro? Uh, that just came out. The Vive Pro, I mean, is is pretty recent, but it definitely runs all the same games. I mean, it's got a higher uh, resolution and refresh rate than the the regular vibe i mean it's it's supposedly more comfortable all that stuff but i, yeah, I don't know if i'd call it hertz. Is, is it okay yeah i i had the regular vibe and i thought that was i feel like that probably could still run this just fine but obviously not at the higher uh you know like at 120 hertz or whatever but <clears throat> um a lot of people i've been reading lately have been loving this on the odyssey yeah because of the the darker you know the darker blacks you know the richer colors stuff like that which i don't have really any experience on but it's kind of cool reading how people say it compares to the index so because the odyssey quality? is oled right i believe uh, say that again the odyssey is oled i believe right I, th I think that's what they're saying yeah so it's just kind of neat reading they're saying that the, the blacks are blacker and stuff like that like the colors yeah. are a little bit more richer but at the, at the same time they probably don't get the finger tracking so i mean they're losing out there but yeah, right but i believe they you can swap the index controllers in, I think, for most headsets. Even with the Odyssey, like the Oculus stuff like that? Maybe not the Oculus stuff or the Samsung, but at least with the Vive or the HTC stuff you can. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I did know that part, but I didn't know about the Odyssey. But it's it's kinda I like reading about 
Like I tried the quest very, I mean, obviously not with Alex, but I mean, I, I tried the quest very limited, you know, with stuff from like a couple of years ago and, you know, it was okay to me, but I didn't really have a chance to really give it much of a big chance with these, you know, um, better games, so to speak. So it's, I like reading people's opinions on how they played Alex with these, these headsets and how it compared to like the index and stuff like that. It's just like, yeah, like index. Linus, Linus did a thing, if I remember correctly, there's a video he did compared different computer types, like different computer levels, um, as well as different VR headset levels to see how it ran Alex specifically. And he was blown away where like the lowest quality ones surprisingly still looked amazing. Like huh. a shitty computer with a shitty headset still looked good. Uh, but he did emphasize, of course, that the the controllers made a huge difference, as did the high refresh rate. But Gotta love the source like, engine, man. Everywhere it yeah, goes. It's super good. So That's uh, cool. I can't, I can't wait to mess with the editor. So what's the, oh, yeah. the index cost? Is it, like, is it a cool thousand? Yeah, it's thousand dollars the full room scale. And how's that compare to the other sets you guys were just talking about? Like the Odyssey and the Vive Pro? Um, the Odyssey, I think, is like $400, $400 $300, something uh-huh. like that. Uh-huh. And then the Vive Pro is like close to the index. I think it's nine hundred bucks or eight fifty. Sure. Do you guys okay? Do you guys yeah. think that that price point of a thousand bucks is where we'll settle out for VR headsets going forward? No, absolutely not. Like you could, I mean, someone can make the same. So this is like one of the arguments that I think a lot of people make that I think is just kind of a stupid argument in my opinion. Where people, I mean, I guess that's my opinion. It is still a stupid argument. <laughs> They're not stupid people, but sometimes they. Let's are. hear it, man. Um, but basically, like the the um, so a lot of people are like complaining. They're like, "Oh, it's VR. I don't want to spend a thousand dollars on a headset." It's like, well, you don't have to. Like, you can spend three hundred dollars on a headset, use an Odyssey, and still play the game just fine. They're like, "But if I want the best experience, you have to spend a thousand dollars." And it's like, yeah, that's true. Like, if you compare it to say a car, right? Like, yeah, you may have more fun driving, you know, a BMW M car than a Toyota Camry. You're still going to get from point A to point B, but one is going to be much more expensive and it's going to be, you know, better, right? Or the same is true as graphics cards, right? So you could buy 2080 Ti, but maybe that 1070 is totally going to be fine too. And so it's like one of those things where it's like, they're, they're, if you want the best experience, yes, you will have to pay $1,000 because the game was built for that experience and but it still works really well on those other headsets too. yeah maybe people are worried about being left behind i think about like console generations a little bit yeah you think about like say one of the lower end sets as like a playstation 3 versus the index as a playstation 4 even if you can't really afford a playstation 4 it doesn't mean you're going to get a 3 because the 4 is what's going to be relevant over the next you know five six years however long a console generation is i think I don't think it's as close to console generations, though. I think it's closer to a video comparison more than anything. Just because it it is, like, uh, at least from what I've seen, they've done a good job with back- backwards compatibility. Like, like Brian, do you know of any games that are, like, limited to certain headsets because of the specs? Uh, no, it's more more of, like, like a, an exclusive, kind of like a PlayStation exclusive right. versus... Yeah, that's the only thing I've... Yeah, because the Oculus has their own store, too, which kind of yep. frustrating. But I mean, again, if you download Revive, you can pretty much play any Oculus game on Index or yeah. Controls are a little wonky, but I mean, you get used to them. But yeah, yeah, that's one thing I really hope that changes. To be honest, is like the the way that they've so you know we we talk about the launcher problem with Steam versus Epic versus like right you know whatever else having fifteen like, different storefronts to play games exactly. 
in in VR, it's a thousand times worse because you have to actually like download some hacky bullshit to run games that are not on the store that your device is made for. Like Oculus is a great example of that. I I think Steam, Valve doesn't give a shit. Like they're fine with people running whatever they want, right? I think it's just Oculus specific, correct? So is it a device specific restriction? Like like we only want you running this shit on our device or is it like a store restriction where the stores are like, we only want you to run our store on one device? It's the device, the store, so the Oculus store is only meant to support Oculus headsets. Okay. Without, so, that, without that extra software. But the Index will run those games as well? The Index will run it with that software, but, but Valve, sorry, Steam, you can use an Oculus headset in Steam or the Oculus store, but with an Index, the Oculus store does not have native support for it. It sounds too confusing, man. No wonder people are trying, they're not buying these things. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. It's, no, it's it's it, and, that, and that's a Facebook decision. Sadly, what they do with Oculus, which I think is just really horrible. Yeah, it's like, not it great. Compounds the store stuff way worse. Yeah, but yeah, you still need to go get the index, Greg. We're still waiting. I'll get one. I'll get one. <laughs> just don't buy one right now because like yeah. uh, they're like on eBay for like seventeen hundred dollars. Oh God, that's awesome. No, wait till they come back. I'm 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 patient. I'm a patient gamer. Plus, you I have plenty of other right stuff now, to play. Like, I think Valve is, is still letting you get on the wait list, right? Where it'll ship as soon as it's ready, which I think they're eight weeks out right now or something. Last oh, I man. heard, yeah, eight weeks. One of my buddies came over. He, he tried the, the index before Alex came out, and he's one of those uh, people that, like, won't spend money on a, you know, a candy bar type people. He's right. very stingy. You yeah. know, very, he's like Taylor. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> no one's <laughs> as like stingy Taylor. as Taylor. <laughs> and uh, he, he, tried, he tried a couple games, and they weren't even really that great at games. But he tried the index and he's like, holy cow, this is awesome, you know? And he immediately went home, bought like a $1,500 tower, and then purchased a $1,000 index. That's now, granted, awesome. yeah, it was, I thought it was great. I thought it was, I like corrupting people. But, anyways, he, <laughs> you know, it was like eight weeks ago, or excuse me, it was set at eight, eight weeks, two weeks ago, and it's still five to seven weeks out, unfortunately. Like, it just, his time keeps fluctuating. Back and oh, forth, back yeah. and forth. So he's he's probably stuck in an endless loop for a little bit here. But by the way, Greg, sorry, yo. The, just one. Sorry to slightly interrupt, but the um the clip that you're running right now, yeah, uh, is this spoilery. Stream, this is right before it gets to the ending, so you oh. probably want to switch clips. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Can I play the other clip? The, so there were two I downloaded from you, the same name. Can I play the other one? Be safe. Yeah, play the other one. That should be fine. All right, all right. Because I, I actually do in this particular mod, I do actually finish the game. Oh, so yeah. It should uh, I'm glad you spoke up. The, one, the other one, it should be fine. So sorry, I should have <laughs> had, to, had to make sure that we're still staying spoiler free for the time. Hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I think you know, Brian, you said a good, you made a good point a second ago. Like one of the things that I think I'm, I'm even more excited for with this game is just like what's happening with the source engine and the mods that are going to oh god yeah so well like oh yeah valve yeah, are legendarily supportive of mods and modification i get the sense that they're kind of like a like a toy maker putting out a toy kit and they kind of just hope people are gonna go and make stuff with it well and that's the thing is like that's how they got successful right like and not not 100 but like well that's how they way, were successful like, with us we're all team fortress classic players yeah, yeah, and like yeah, they just... I mean, Half Life in itself was a is basically based off of the old Quake engine, right? Yeah, so they just sense... they just took their whole pants off and like here you go, here's the yeah. <laughs> this is it. Well, one of the things <laughs> that I thought was really cool, I watched a lot of the um, 
in the interviews that some of the guys at Valve did leading up to the Alex release. And uh, there was one between Robin Walker and Gabe, uh, Gabe Newell and IGN. And the thing that Gabe kept saying is, um, like, he doesn't want to make a game unless it's solving an interesting problem. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a great quote. And for a guy who's got, you know, the head of a company that's that that's rich enough to do whatever the hell they want, at least in the video game space, um, the fact that they chose VR is a huge, I don't know, is it a risk or is it a vote of confidence? I don't know, but it, it, it's a big balls move. And it's saying that we're in a position to take a, a big L on this if we need to, but we think it could be great. And that's kind of what I feel like as a gamer you always want to see, you know? You want to see the game being made for the sake of it, not necessarily because, um, you know, it was calculated to have the maximum market impact. I'm looking at some of the games that are coming out this year, and especially Valorant, um, the new Riot shooter that's kind of like a Counter-Strike hero shooter mashup. Looking at that, and uh, all, all I see when I look at it is like, oh God, this is like the, this was a game that was designed by mar- a market calculator, I feel like. Yeah. Yep. And and that's one of the things I thought that Gabe said that was also interesting. Piggybacking on that was that uh-huh. like, that Valve has always been a privately held. Yeah. Right. They they're not at the mercy of the shareholders that that are investing in their company. Right. So they don't have to make a cash cow and continue to deliver cash cows. I mean, fortunately enough, they have a cash cow, which is Steam. Right. So that's the cash cow. <laughs> where they get most of their money to do this shit. Um. But like Riot, right? Riot's owned by Tencent. And Tencent's one of the largest companies in the world. And of course, they, they have to make keep producing games that people will spend money because spending money is what gives shareholders reassurance. And so Valve's like private and they're just like, fuck it, we're going to like just make this game and just see if it takes. And they failed sometimes. Like they failed with Artifact and yep. they failed. What was that other game that they made that sucked ass too? Uh, there's another one that I'm totally missing. Ricochet? <laughs> Ricochet wasn't terrible though. I feel oh, like I, yeah, I kind of sucked, I guess. Too. <laughs> oh come on. Um, yeah, it wasn't that good because uh, it was basically like a what was the game that it was ripping off Audio Surf, right? I don't remember. Sort of. I just anyways understanding what uh, the point of it was. Go on. But that's the thing is they they can they're in a way they kind of operate like an indie producer where when they make games they can actually afford to just fail because they don't have anybody breathing their shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's that indie feel. Like it's for the art, for the sake of the art form. And when you get um an indie dev the size of Valve, um, it's not about the individual art. It's kind of like about pushing the artistic platform and the artistic medium forward. It's very neat. Um I'm looking at this and you know, nothing I see here in terms of the gameplay for Alex, the presentation. Uh, I don't know, like, when I think about a Half-Life VR game, this is everything that I would kind of hope for. Um, what I'm wondering is, though, is not just, you know, what did you guys get out of the game that you that you kind of were hoping for? What I'm wondering about right now is, what did you guys get out of the game that you weren't expecting? Like, what, after the first day of impressions, or even on the first day of impressions, how did, what did Alex do to surprise you guys? Uh, I can answer that, but my my big surprise actually is a spoiler, so... Yep, same here. Yeah. All right, come back <laughs> to that one. <laughs> we're gonna do spoilers later. Roll the clip. <laughs> yeah, so we can't answer that question unless we're switching. Okay, so story-based stuff. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait. Yeah, to do I this. think I think the gameplay like it, it it did one of those things that that and this isn't really a surprise though. Like Valve has always been really good at making 
things that where they they introduce new ways to interact with the game and it just begins to feel natural as you go uh -huh. but that, that wasn't really a surprise at all um yeah sadly my surprise is story okay all right well we'll come back to it i'm, I'm excited to hear about that um half-life has always had a very uh, very light touch with its storytelling that has done a good job of drawing people in it's kind of like the um conversational equivalent of like whisperings people lean in to hear what you have to say right yep so the opposite of what i'm doing um but i really have a lot of respect for that and uh it it makes the world feel bigger when you see the g-man appear on a catwalk above you and then kind of walk behind a door and you try to get there you're thinking about all the places that he's going to and from and um i don't know i always love those moments in in the the first half-life games yeah hell yeah yeah, they, they did a good job with the storytelling, and, and the writing is actually pretty funny, too, because, again, it's the same writer as Portal. Right. And so the sort of banter that takes place between Russ and Alex through the whole game was pretty hilarious at some points. That's awesome. Um, like, my, my favorite section, and Brian, I, I'm sure you remember this, too, but when you're in the distillery, and he's telling, he's trying to explain what vodka is, <laughs> that section was hilarious, too. Yeah. <laughs> So he, he got, so basically there's this one section of the game where you're actually in an old distillery the whole time and she's just like what did they make here and he's like oh they made this stuff called vodka and she's like what's that and it's like oh this horrible drink that people used to drink and she's like oh okay and he's like can you just bring me back some if you manage to find any and she's like i thought you said it was horrible and he was just like yeah but it's horrible in sort of a good way <laughs> <laughs> again i butchered it but that that was sort of the gist of it yeah i'm drinking vodka right now too so nice there you go <laughs> Yeah, I, that whole sequence with with quote unquote Jeff is awesome as well. It's one of the best oh, parts. Oh yeah, that section was just like one of the most memorable gaming sections I've. And again, would not translate outside of VR at all. Yep, because the puzzles on it were just so like you you needed it, it. It just that's one of the things that was just interesting about this game is that like when you're solving the puzzles in this game, like you're not solving a puzzle like you normally are in a game. It's like you're solving like more of a problem that you're faced with in your day-to-day -day life, if that makes sense. Like, sure. oh, I misplaced my keys. Where would I go look for them? I'm going to open these cabinets. Yeah. Or, oh, I have someone fucking chasing me down. How am I going to, you know, yeah. figure out a way to get him to stop chasing me down? Oh, I might lead him into this other room and lock him away, basically. Yeah, I think you can probably envision those little problems you face in the real world as kind of like games to some extent. I've, I've yeah. done some reading about this. Um, and what what i've what i've heard is is that interested me is the idea that basically uh any kind of any kind of problem that can be solved within you know a uh, certain boundary conditions you can think of as a game like um you know how to advance in your career how to how to successfully get someone to go on a date with you those they're kind of games in a way how to find your keys like what you suggested and the, but think about the real world that makes it so real is that there's so much complexity and so many things you can do, like literally unlimited. And the thing that makes a game a game is that it, traditionally, the number of things you can do is very limited. And so, you know, like go back to the days of old school first person shooters like Wolfenstein and Doom, you just try to drag your ass along the wall and press the use button and eventually you'll find the secret. Yep. You couldn't do that if there were an unlimited number of ways to find those secrets. Um, you couldn't just try one thing and spam it. Right. So... VR is 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 kind of taking a it seems like it's taking games up to to another level of um how big they can or excuse me how deep they can make their problems. Yeah. 
and even and the thing is like i don't even think the problems have to be that deep like this uh-huh. section that that we're focused on right now right like they're that's showing on the video like this problem is another one of those ones where it's like the solution is actually really and it it, it just it, it it's really it's kind of weird to explain but it's like the problems don't really have to be that deep like they can actually just be super simple shit and you're gonna get confused by it because yeah. it's like you happen to not do the right thing like so here i'm trying to figure out how to get across this weird little bridge and move this thing out of the way have and no I'll- clue what to do right i'm trying to you know knock the thing down etc and then eventually i'm like oh shit i found another thing that actually moves this other lift a different direction eventually and it, it's <laughs> stuff like that where it's like it, it's the things are almost more obvious than you think, but that gives it this like level of like complexity that you don't yeah. think about. Well, the I I think probably another way to say that might be that the number of things you can try is so much higher. Yes. And so any 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 uh way to act on the problem is a much smaller percent of the larger set of things you can do. Yep. Which itself it's like makes everything much more difficult and time consuming. Exactly. It's like that old sort of problem that I think everybody has faced with where they're like looking for their, their phone and they can't find their phone, but then at the end it's just in their hand. Oh right? God. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's just like that. So I did that with a matchbox car once when I was a kid. I never fucking forgot it. I always check my hands. <laughs> like every every two minutes whenever I'm looking for something, like did I pick it up? Yep. <laughs> so Matt, how long did it take you to solve this? This uh I think I go through it for another Probably another two or three more minutes, um, but I was pissed at it. I was just like, where the... Because I, I had no idea to even look <laughs> at that section. Like, And then I was like, oh shit, there's a thing dangling there. And then I pick it up and... It- you want to know what's even worse for me is I, I moved that board when the first times I was near it, like to your right there, and mm-hmm. it's got the dangling, you know, uh, yellow buttons. And I, I didn't pick it up with one of my hands. So like I was trying to hit the buttons. It wasn't doing anything because I was only trying to press it with like my non-dominant hand, and it wasn't doing anything. But if I just grabbed it with a different hand and then pressed it, it would have worked type thing. Yeah. So I spent a ridiculous amount of time <laughs> walking back up and down this crap. I was so mad. Yep. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it's stuff like that where it's just like, what the fuck? Like, you just get so frustrated how simple it is. Yeah. Um, or even the one where um, it, was part of the, it was part of the Jeff section as well, where you had to get the, uh, like, turn the little wheel thing and kind of wire it around the, the rebar. Yeah. Like yeah. that one too, where it was just like, oh fuck, of course you just have to thread it through. That makes total sense. Yeah, see, I, it's weird because you and me are totally different. Like you figure a lot of things out so fast and I, it takes me way longer to figure out the easy stuff. But then something like that, where you just talked about, I, that was the first thing I picked up. I'm like, oh, it's got to go through the wire. Yeah. You know, and I did it. And then the, you know, then what we needed rolled down through. But I was like, Stuff like that, I, I don't understand my thought process at all, but it's it kind of funny to see how you deal with it. And I, I think that's, like, what makes this game interesting is that, like, you have different sort of, like, strengths and weaknesses of people, and they, they solve it, the problems in different ways or approach the problems in different ways, too. Because there is always, like, it, it seems like there's not only, there's not just one way to solve them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Does that, does that um, range of ways to solve things create any kind of replay value or is this like a, a single use experience i plan to play it again because i think i mean i didn't find all the resin see here's where i actually figured the thing out and of course it's this thing um 
<laughs> the uh, see, yeah, see right there, you had to actually grab it before it actually started working. Yeah, you couldn't just press on it. Uh, you had to pick it up. Um, yeah, so I, I think there's replay value in this too, just because like there's so many details that you miss because you're playing it. Right. Um, and again, as Brian said, I, I want to try it on hard as well, just to see what it's like. So did you guys both play it through on like normal? Yeah. Yep. Which again was challenging too, especially the puzzles. Yeah, there was quite a few times where I was like, "Oh crap!" You know, like where you're, you're literally like hugging the wall and peeking around the corner, and you're getting shot, and you have to reload. Type. How is the um, the pacing between like puzzle solving and traversal and combat? It's is it well paced? Is it poorly paced? Is it like mostly traversal and puzzle with some combat? What do you think? I think it's well paced. The only downside I think I would say is just that like by the end of the game, I was really annoyed with of those fucking what's it feel like to like, fall in vr i just saw that happen on the vod oh it's kind of weird it's like a kind of like really <laughs> disorienting experience what's funny is i think this is actually a bug right here i think you're supposed to die and <laughs> what happened here <laughs> you that, fell like, to the bottom was, of the well yeah i fell to the bottom of the well and then nothing happened and i was can't get out so i actually had to close the game out and reload my save it's kind That's of freaky. crazy um but yeah it's uh the, I thought the pacing was good. I think the puzzle and combat balance was really um, especially because the combat felt few and far between, but it was also more intense that way, I guess. Um, but again, the, the only thing I think I wish they could have reworked is just they could have... The first 10 times I did that aura puzzle, I was cool with it, but then as soon as they just kept adding to it, I was just like, fuck the thing. I don't want to do this again. So You know which puzzle I'm talking about, right, Brian? What puzzle? The one where when you... Uh, usually it was to upgrade guns or to open little like storage chambers oh yeah yeah, yeah. Orb that came out and you had to connect the red dots yeah eventually started adding like two or three times where you had to yeah we had to continuously get to the objective yeah show was so annoying by the end of it it's just, that that part got repetitive i think if that was that's probably the biggest flaw too with the game is the repetitive nature of that part Un unfortunately there's a really funny <laughs> youtube video of a guy who's like making fun of that stuff like Oh, here's another puzzle. Oh, here's another puzzle. You know, I'm like, oh, it's getting longer and hard. You know, that type of thing. Oh, was it the donkey video? It might have been, dude. But yeah. I was laughing pretty hard at that. <laughs> he has a, he, yeah, he did a really like. He basically summed up my feelings about those puzzles because he was just like, oh, it's another fucking one of these things. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it, it, it was really yeah. It, so it the puzzle design practice. was a bit repetitive at times. Yeah, and it, it wasn't just that they were repetitive. It's just that they were also frustrating at the same time too. Right. So repetitive and frustrating is not something I always want to feel when I'm playing a game, but sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, that kind of speaks I to like the, the pacing. Ones, they my, they my got to sprinkle in the annoying ones, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, but my favorite of those puzzles was actually the one where you have to connect the like the orbs of light that are like suspended in air, and you have to like get the line of sight with them. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are the coolest ones because they were actually like pretty challenging and not very repetitive, and they got harder. Yeah, the, there's one that I thought was really hard er, very early on, and I was like, what the heck? How, what do I do with this? And then I can't. I think you actually gave me a hint after we talked about it because I stopped playing for a little bit, like a day or two, whatever. And then you said, like, oh, you just got to line them up correctly, you know, like your jackass type thing. So after that, like, I started messing around. I'm like, oh, I see. So it's a stream. Like, there's like a, like a beam of light, and there's a stream that they f throw out each, you know, different directions. You got to line them up to make sure it connects to everything. And after that, I'm like, oh, okay, I got it now. You know, but I was like, what on earth is this thing at first? You know, I had no idea what was going on. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I love those ones. So, so thinking about 
how you were annoyed by those puzzles. Is there anything else about Alex that disappointed you guys? Uh, I think that's actually honestly it. Like, I was a little depressed when it was over, but not because it was disappointing, but just because I, like, didn't want it to be finished. Right. There's two things that I noticed. I wouldn't say they annoyed me. One was there was no melee other than, I guess you can supposedly smack enemies with your, your pistol or your gun. I didn't really notice that because I never tried it. But there's no melee. F- oh, there needs to be a boxer mode. Dude. Yeah. And then the other thing was, is, uh, oh, shoot, what was the other thing? A bunch of people have an issue with this. So there's no melee. And then I'm drawing a blank now. Hang on. You got no it. Matt, Matt, help me out here. No crowbar? Yeah, there was no crowbar, but that, that kind of falls in. Melee. Yeah, that's like no melee. There was one other big thing that people were really upset about, and I know. Oh, I know. The ladder. So when you're going up the ladder, like obviously yeah. you're climbing up it, and if you stop climbing, even if you're a quarter of the way up or halfway up, it'll immediately just spawn you to the top, like yeah. as if, oh, there you go. That was kind of stupid how they did that, I thought. Yeah, it felt kind of cheesy, but it's not a huge deal. Ladder interactions never feel right in Half-Life games. I think it's a yeah. rule. <laughs> It's funny because this actually does feel right until the moment you stop, and uh, then it just like teleports you, which is really dumb. Because like I, the the immersion of like actually reaching and pulling yourself up is actually kind of cool, but uh-huh. like yep. the when it zooms you up, it's just like what the fuck is this? Is yep. it because they don't want you hanging off of ladders and like shooting dudes with one hand? Yeah. Huh. Okay. I think that's the idea of it. Okay. What about Easter eggs? Did you guys stumble on any? I found the gnomes. Did you find the gnomes? What are the gnomes? There's the little gnomes from um, Half-Life 2. Those I don't are from remember Half-Life any gnomes. 2, aren't they? Yeah, the garden gnomes. Uh, maybe I just maybe it was too long ago and I don't remember. I don't remember anything about the garden gnomes. Did they give you any kind of achievement, or are they just like you just find them and then that's it? They were the. Um, it was from Episode Two. I'm sorry, I have to look. Oh, that's probably why I never played the DLC for yeah. Half-Life 2. Yeah, it was. Uh, you have to basically there. There was an achievement where you could carry the final part of the game. But those are those are some of the Easter eggs I remembered. Um, what other Easter eggs were there? There's so many. Oh, the piano that works. Oh, oh that's a good one. I did a little video of me playing that sales song from. <laughs> there's a lot of people. I don't know if you looked on YouTube. There's a lot of people doing like recreations of songs on YouTube. Yeah, they're really good at it too. I was exactly. Like, well, I don't know how to play the piano. So do this. Yeah, it took me like three hours to do learn three notes, and then I cut it. Even at that point. Cut it in the sections of three. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, I did like the the one Easter egg that I liked a lot too was in the same area uh, was the um, what you call it the globe where the U.S. is like X'd out on it. Did you find that one? Sounds familiar. Where was that at? It was in the the hotel as well. Oh, in the what was the five star or five point yeah, whatever the North Star or whatever it's called. North Star. There we go. Yep. Yeah. So there is a, there's a section where basically like they have this globe that's like globe of the earth and the U.S. has a big X on it. And then um, it shows kind of like where the Citadel is. And so it kind of implies it's in Eastern Europe somewhere. So which that was a good one. Um, oh, there was TF2 Scout figurine, too. That was the other. One. Yeah, nice. I, I did see that one. And I looked later and there's like a couple different colors. There's a blue and a red one or something. Yep, yeah, that's pretty cool. So they, they put a lot of nods to other games in that's good. I feel like if you're making a big enough game in an existing IP, you kind of can't get away with not doing that these days. Yep. Yeah, I think they gave a nod to Death Stranding as well. Did they? Which part of it? It's one of the the boxes in one of these old oh my rooms. God. I, I, I definitely came across it, and I I didn't really recognize it at the time, I'll be honest. like I didn't really realize what they were referencing 
And then I came across a YouTube video later in it. I was like, oh, crap. No, no kidding. Like I came across and I was like, that's pretty slick. You know, they're giving a nod to them. Can you imagine playing Death Stranding in VR? Oh, my God. I'd do it. (laughs) So what are there any other VR games you've played, Brian, that that stack up close to this? Close? I mean, as far as I guess you're looking at a different way. Number one for you? I would I would say yes, because it combines the story with the gameplay. Now, Lone Echo was an amazing story. I thought it was like one of the, my favorite VR games for a while there. And that's an Oculus exclusive. However, you can play it on Revive. And it's still fun to play even to this day. But there's some limitations to it. You know, I mean, there's not... I wouldn't say there's a lot of replay value to it. Like, this this feels more fluid. It's it's definitely more polished. The environment feels more realistic in a lot of ways. But um, And then there's other games that have really cool movement that I think is close to this in a sense. Maybe not to this level, but um, I would say definitely this is the best by far. Did you play Boneworks as well? I did, and I I liked Boneworks. I mean, the the physics of it is like kind of what sold the game. I was so excited for that game. I mean, I was like giddy for it, waiting for it to come out. You know what I mean? And it came out, and I literally took a day off of work. I stayed up and played it, and it's it's great. However, there's something about it that makes it feel like very underwhelming in a sense so like the physics are kind of cool you know what i mean like some people get sick off of them because they're a little bit jankier than than alex but um you know like you can see your whole body which is cool to me i love that feeling of seeing you know your your legs it you know touching the ground in front of you it makes it feel more immersive to me but the enemies felt really underwhelming the levels were meh you know what i mean the story was okay the first playthrough i honestly don't think i'll play it again even though i really did enjoy it the first time through but right. so you I don't see your own body in alex right just your hands yeah just your hands yep. that's a bummer i think it's a fantasy of, of all dudes playing vr to look down and, and see your own cleavage yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch of games in vr that allow you to do it like zero caliber it's a military shooter uh-huh. uh like i said bone works you can look down and see your whole body it's it's i i i know it at the early stage of vr like they it wasn't something they were looking at but at this point I feel like everybody should be doing it. It's 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 a very immersive feeling to look down and see your body moving and interacting with the environment in front of you, you know? That's really cool. Is there anyone doing like any kind of AR where I guess it doesn't make sense. You'd have to be in like a an up full motion capture suit to actually map your, your body movements that way. Yeah. So what am I thinking? Your hands are basically there though there though at least. So Yeah. So I have a Maybe a bit of a boring question. I think Matt, you're probably the one to answer it if you know it. Um, is is Valve going to make money off of this game? Do we know? I would expect so. Didn't you know, it idea have, how much it cost them to make it? There was they had like three hundred. Oh, I have no idea how much they make. They don't really release those numbers that much. Yeah, they're private, so um, they don't have to. But they sold three hundred thousand copies, right? Right. And but they get also gave it away for free if you owned an X. Yeah. So I would say probably yes. Um, even if you multiply, sorry, I'm going to do the math. So 300,000 times, let's say 60. Let's say they people bought it at, well, I can't calculate anything right it's now. It's like 18 million. If yeah, you do like that. multiplication, yeah. And that, yeah, that's 18 <laughs> million. And basically, if you then count the amount of profits that you make off of the headset, right? that margin is even higher. Yeah, I could easily imagine the software being a bit of a loss leader for the hardware here. Yeah. Although... I don't know. Um, maybe it's more complicated than that, right? Because I don't really 
get the sense that Valve makes hardware because they're trying to like corner a market. I feel like they make hardware because they feel like they want something to exist in the video game world and they're not opposed to making it themselves if they have to. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like if there's a 120 hertz headset with great fingertip controls out there that Valve would have been just like, screw it, we'll use that. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Like they they, they buckled down and made Steam when there was no digital marketplace for, for games. Yeah. Um, they came out with that controller when... I don't know if there's much of a need for that controller. And also they've deprecated it, right? They did. Which I, I thought, I hated that controller. I, I prefer the Xbox controller greatly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the, the, the gimmick of the Steam controller was that it had that like um, kind of pseudo touchpad-y type uh, input, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. And it's supposed to mimic a mouse, basically. Right. Yep. Valve so you didn't there. like it or you did like it, Matt? The Valve controller? The yeah. Controller? No, I hated it. Oh, okay. I never tried it. I, I keep seeing it advertised, but I never tried it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I was not a huge fan of it. Valve and their Sorry, interesting I'm problems. Research. I'm trying to research and see uh, if anybody has released the margin on the index. Apparently, the guy from Valve News Network said that the he did like a light teardown of it. And the margin is, sorry, huh, big yawn. The, the margin is not as thin as you would expect. So it sounds like the DNDX does have a pretty decent, probably made of it. So I would guess that they probably made quite a bit of money off of this. Sure. And um, they should, because it deserves it. Yeah, it's it's quite clearly a, an amazing game that pushes the medium forward. Well, I guess I'm interested. Thing, and so this is like uh-huh. a strategic thing, right? If they're releasing... What if, if they're smart, they're going to do this. And I'm going to totally like just make a like, d- this is totally just a hunch I would have. And I'm pretty sure oh, yeah. it's, what if is it? they're like using, putting all of these VR elements into the source engine, right? And making it so modders can create that stuff. There's probably going to be a requirement in that terms of service of modding it that they have to list that stuff in Steam. Like actually like they can't publish it in the Oculus store, for example. Oh yeah, sure. And that's a huge cash cow for them. Right. Yep. So in addition to the game itself making money, the updates that they made to the engine to make the game possible is going to make them just shit tons of Yeah, that's smart. Because even though Steam is just starting to get competition, like real competition in the last couple of years, I think that Steam over the years has really won over the hearts of gamers. And it's only reluctantly that, that I know I feel that I go to a storefront or a game launcher that's not Steam. Yeah, I mean, I waited for Borderlands purposefully to come to yeah. Steam because I didn't want to buy it through Epic. And then I, of course I never bought the game because I hear it's just a Borderlands 2 DLC basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if, if enough of you guys started playing Borderlands, I'd probably buy it and try it. But otherwise I don't, don't really care. Also, did, did you hear the news that um, apparently um, Gearbox is, is screwing a lot of their uh, developers out of the uh, bonuses that they traditionally get for um, successful uh, releases? Oh, they didn't I read that. that I did read that. Yeah, that Randy Pitchford guy. I mean, I don't know if he's earned his reputation or not, but he seemed to. He can't. He can't get a win in the games media anymore. Hmm. Somehow, I did not hear about this. Yeah, uh, apparently, um, they uh, they have large bonuses that are tied to. I, I'm not sure if it's tied to critical rating or sales. I think it's sales. It's royalties. It looks like forty percent. Right, of royalties, and yeah. which are huge, huge paydays. Um, for a, for a very successful game, but basically Randy was like, "Yeah, well, we had a bunch of years where things sucked, so 
you guys don't get this money. Sorry, the company needs it. Mm. It's kind of <laughs> the vibe. That's fucking terrible. Yeah. Well, they had uh, Battleborn, which flew straight into the side of a building. Yeah. And the, I don't know, they had, they had another game, too, that also kind of flopped. But yeah, Randy Pitchford's a guy who can do no no right. Gabe is still a guy who can basically do no wrong. It's true. I mean, look at Artifact and how terrible that game was. They're just like, what? YOLO. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So I think it's time for us to talk about spoilers. What do you guys think? Sounds I'm going to flip the stream into spoiler mode. Hang on. We are Where? Spoiler free. Spoiler. I ruined the whole game, though. Let me go first, Matt. Okay. Okay. Those of you who are listening live, we are going to talk about spoilers for Half Life Alex. If you plan to play the game and don't want to spoil it for you, now's a good time to drop off. You should switch Thanks it to the other VOD too to had you turn off and fast forward it. Okay, I can switch back to it. Hang on. All right, Brian, you can go ahead now. No, I was just being an asshole. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know where. Okay. <laughs> you want to go back to that? Um... So I was asking you where this first came up in our discussion was when we were talking about what surprised you about Half-Life. What did it give you that you didn't expect? And you said, oh, well, mine's a spoiler story related. So pick it up from there. Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, it's the fact that, like, they basically, like, completely, like, not not even a subtle hint, but, like, a very obvious hint at Half-Life 3. What? At the very end. What? I don't know. Brian, did you get that vibe, too, with the, the end of the credits? Yep. Yeah. It's like, so th- there's this moment, you'll see it on the video in the next probably 10 minutes from now. Um, but basically, like, after you go through the whole scene and, like, you know, G-Man gives his pitch, et cetera, you wake up as Gordon Freeman. And then the uh, Eli Vance hands you the crowbar and you get to hold the crowbar in your hand. Oh, shit. oh that was so. It was such an epic scene. <laughs> yeah, I had I had my pants off, and I feel like I needed to take my underwear off at that point. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. It was that good. No, I. I it's funny because like leading up to that point, when you can see the outline of the person who's like imprisoned in this capsule, I'm like, there's no because the whole time you're le- led to believe that it's Gordon you're freeing, and I just played or replayed episode one and two, and I knew where Alex meets Gordon in Half-Life 2, it was before the episode 1 too, is in a hallway in City 17. So I'm like, I'm waiting for that moment. Like, oh my God, I gotta be close. Oh, I gotta be close. I gotta be close. And then when I see the outline of this person in the capsule, I'm like, there's no way. Like, he looks nothing like Gordon. I'm like, oh, that's, I know who exactly who that is. And I was like, oh, shit, you know? And then it went on from there and I was, I was very excited. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Who is it? Who's the outline? It's the G-Man. G-Man. So the uh, apparently in my eyes, I mean, maybe I mistook this, Matt. I haven't looked into it, but like the whole time you're led to believe during the story is that there's a weapon stored in this. What would you call it? And that's floating or not floating, but like suspended in the in air. In that Matt. prison thing. Yeah, yeah. the prison. Yeah. I so there's an a, actual name of it. There's a name. Yeah. So there's a prison suspended in the air and, and you and your father are like, there's a weapon in there. Like maybe we could use it against the combine, right? Like they're, they don't want us any anybody anywhere near near it type thing so the whole time then all of a sudden you're like okay it's not a weapon it's it's a prison like what like who's in there that they're imprisoning you know what i mean blah 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 and then you're like led the bleed that it's gordon so you're like oh boy i'm gonna see gordon at the end of this you know then you're like oh god i gotta go i gotta go to go to go you know that that was me anyways i mean i'm yeah. a little, i'm a little more giddy than most people but so i'm like oh gosh i gotta go i gotta go i, gotta, I can't wait to see gordon and at the very end, all you can see is a silhouette of this person, and he's a very thin-framed person. And you're like, 
that's not Gordon. That's the G man. And as soon as you open it up, you know, he tells this cool tale where it's like, Oh shit, this is awesome. You know, like in a way it's kind of defeating because you're like waiting to see Gordon. And in a way it's kind of cool because he opens you up into a new opportunity. You know what I mean? It's, it's pretty cool. And you can see the whole ending on YouTube now. I'm not even going to say the rest of it, but yeah. Like- well, this the ending is actually about to show on the stream right now. So there's this whole section here where basically like you have to fight some of the last of the combine and you get these like weird orbs, these like electric orbs that the Vortigaunts would use that you can like kill them with. And then after that, you go down this pathway and that's, yeah, that's where you release Gordon, but it's not actually Gordon. It's G-Man. And then, yeah, you watch past the credits and there it is. You you basically wake up as Gordon Freeman. What? Yeah. Yeah, it kind of picks up where, is it Half-Life 2 or is it Episode 2? I think it's right where Episode 2 is. Okay. So Episode 2, your father, or Eli Vance, dies. And that's how the whole thing ends. You know, we've been sitting on that suspense for many, many years now. Uh-huh. And it kind of picks up on that and, like, leads you down a different path and lets you alter that. That's pretty slick. Yeah, because at least the vibe that I got from it was that, like, it is the the like time in this can be changed and there's this whole like idea of causality because you know how like you have to save your dad from being killed there uh-huh. yeah and that, that's like what it's sort of playing with is that like at least at least how i took it the ending of episode two may not actually be the truth like the true ending oh interesting did yeah, we have play uh we haven't one played with two? changing timelines you- in half-life before have we i don't think so yeah, I can't. I don't think we have. Yeah, have you played one and two, uh, Greg? Episode one? Nah, nope. I started episode one, and uh, I don't think I finished it. It's it's pretty good. I mean, I mean, the gameplay isn't anything new. Same with episode two. It's the same as Half Life Two. So it's nothing. You're not missing anything as far as that goes. But like the story, which is what draws me in with most games, is is pretty slick. So when you combine it with this, it's wicked cool. Yep. I need to replay play them because it's been 13 years since I played any. Um, but I did I did play Black Mesa. So Black Mesa was fresh on my mind just a couple of months ago. Um, but the Half-Life 2 ending was not, unfortunately. So I actually watched a bunch of um, kind of recap videos to like refresh myself a bit. Yeah, for so those yeah, who don't know, Black Mesa is a fan project where a bunch of fans got together and over the course of like, gosh, eight, like 10 plus years, I think rebuilt half-life one and the half-life two engine and while doing that they also fleshed out the last chapter of half-life one in the zen area where in the i don't know it, it's if, if you listen to interviews from some of the guys who worked on half-life one one of their biggest regrets is that they basically didn't finish zen so these devs kind of took it upon themselves to do that did you ever yeah. finish it matt black, black mesa yeah 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 no i totally finished it, it i knew you're having a bug at some point so you finished yeah, it I, taylor finished it I couldn't get through it. <laughs> I got the bug fixed. I had to reset my save a little bit, but um, the Zen portion is fucking amazing. So yeah, what, what's the amazing. bug? If you don't mind me asking, it was this weird thing where like every time I would cross over into this one section where I would switch levels, the game would crash, mm-hmm. and it, it was happening with just like one of my saves got corrupted, and so I couldn't pass the section. So I ended up reloading a previous save and then playing through that section again, and it fixed it. So. Oh, okay. See, I, I played it all the way up with Black Mesa, mind you. Played it all the way back, all the way through, all the way through into Zen. And I, I didn't finish it. I don't know why I didn't finish it. Like, I already know the ending, but at the same time, like, I don't know what stopped me from finishing Black Yeah, it was, I, I thought it was really well done. 
it was one of those it's you know half-life is like a game where you have a memory and, and when you replay it it doesn't for that memory but i feel like black mesa did a good job of actually making it live up nice okay it just sort of felt like yeah it just felt it, it just felt like you remember it link's awakening fell into that same category the the remake of link's awakening because i played the original over 20 some years ago right mm-hmm. yeah um but the remake like if i were to replay the original link's awakening i would think it's fucking like why the hell am i playing it right. but the remake is fantastic. yeah black Mesa felt like half-life for sure yeah and half-life alex felt like half-life yep. despite being vr you guys think we'll ever and see another flat screen half-life game again i doubt it i hope not i i did watch a video though of somebody uh playing sorry some uh some guy who was like working on a team that's porting alex to a flat mechanic what do you guys think of that flat playing i don't think it's gonna be the same like it just it like i I think the game would be terrible personally yeah i don't know how you duplicate all the stuff you're doing with your hands like i'm just even watching right now on the on the the b-roll how you duplicate that with like a mouse and keyboard setup yeah it's kind of hard to envision yeah, I don't think you can duplicate it, but I, I I'd be interested to see how they do it. Just just for the sake of seeing how they do it. I'm not saying I would play through it, but I guess if you I don't think it would def yeah, it would definitely not compare. I guess if you do just one hand and you, you just do it like a point and shoot thing, like a like a first person shooter, you could do it. Yeah. Potentially. Um are there actions in the game that require two hands to do? Yeah, yeah. You have sections where you have to li- lift up these doors and they require both hands. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, there's a number of things actually. Even like um, moving some of the wood up, I think you have to use two hands. Some things, some objects are too heavy. Climbing ladders, right? Yeah, climbing ladders. You need two hands. I don't even. I don't know even if they did port this to flat screen. If if I'd play it, I'd probably just wait until that future day where I got a VR set of my own to play it for real. Yeah, probably is a fun experiment that... though, just technically to be like, can we backport this? Yeah, they they the other thing that I think that's interesting about this game too, and this is totally lends to VR at least, is that they made it so that you can play a number of ways. Um, and I think this has to do obviously with device compatibility, but like you can play it in a sitting position too. So like my friend, Chris, he, he has it as well and he doesn't have room scale on his VR headset and he just uh-huh. played it sitting at his desk the entire time and got oh, cool. a great experience. Out. What about places where you need to like crouch down to like um, pop the, the, the <laughs> his chair and just go down with it or like what? I don't know. I wonder if they have a control for it specifically. Yeah. They might maybe an they elevation button for jump and for like, yeah, some of the other climbing things, but yeah, I'm not sure. Interesting. Yeah. This is like the part that we're on, on with the video here is like right before the actual final G man sequence. So I want to mm-hmm. see it again. It's such a good set. It's like such a well done ending the whole thing. Um, and how he's like moving around you in 3d space is, and with the sound too coming from all the different directions was crazy. Oh, that's so good. Hell yeah. Again, it, it's just so much of the ambiance of this game just does not translate to it, it just wouldn't work. Like it's straight up just would not work in a non VR construct. Sure. Like whoever the people that are porting it, like they'll have to take a lot of liberties with it. Yeah. If I were you, uh, Greg, I would just, you know, get a new credit card and just put it on there and just don't even worry about paying. <laughs> credit, credit, credit. Get over it. It's free money. Gamer's credit card for buying the index. One thing that you could do is just buy a cheaper Vive set and then get index controllers. No, I'm yeah, going to get the real true. thing. I'm going to get the real thing. I'm yeah, not, I'm, I'm not going to play the halfway experience. Yeah, get the Discover credit card. That's all you got to do, dude. Dude, I, are, uh, are you like my banker or something? Like, 
<laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Come on, dude. I did the same thing. Let's go. I can't have I can't have just myself being the low life like this where I have to pay off a yeah, well, hopefully next time there's a big VR game comes out, we sit down to review. I'll be able to get a hands-on with you guys, not just uh, not just uh, live through you like I'm doing now. Yeah, what is the next big VR game? That's a good question. Hmm. Half Life Alex Two. <laughs> yeah, Half Life. Half Life Three. Yeah. <laughs> so you really think it's gonna be Half Life Three, huh? Absolutely. Oh, you got to be close, right, Matt? And oh, your yeah. stream there. Yeah, this is this like is... right, right near the end. All right, we gotta we gotta just sit quietly and watch this, okay? Don't nobody say anything. Ready? That's gonna be great for the audio version of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, the people that are listening right now, they're gonna just be like oh. sitting here breathing heavily, <laughs> shedding sweet manly tears. Yeah, like that that YouTuber, whatever his name was. Oh, the video oh, yeah, I see. The end guy. Yeah. The guy oh, here's here's the outline, by oh. the way, Greg. This is the the part where that can't be Gordon. Oh yeah, it I know. Like the G-Man. I You're right. Oh god, yeah. I'm like, nope, nope. Did you guys watch his reaction video, by the way? The Valve New- Net News Network guy? Yes. You yeah. started crying? Brian yeah. said it to me. Yeah. It was watched so it before good. we started. Like, he was, uh, I mean, he sat through the end there, too. Did you Did you watch the part with the credits, too, Greg? I'm seeing all this fresh. Okay. Okay, so you didn't watch this whole thing, then. So No. He, um, yeah, so this is the part where G-Man does his whole speech. And yeah, this part, the visuals of this was just like, so unreal oh so good not does not at all like do it justice greg he's like literally walking around if you're staring at your computer screen he's walking behind you around you and the audio just reflects it and it's freaking awesome it's so (laughs) that's cool you can definitely tell that they spent like i mean they put a lot of work into the environments in general but I, i can't even imagine the level of detail that they had to put into this ending specifically to get it right like it's it just it, it's it's crazy. Like it's so unreal. I also really like the section before this too in the upside down hotel room. It makes yeah. it seem like you're in this weird like multi time continuum piece. Oh yeah, this section's a good nod to Zen oh, as well. Half Life is so good. Yeah. yeah. Shit. We got to do like a third podcast, Greg. After you, after you yeah. take out a new credit card and you get your index, and <laughs> 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 go from there. So I want to hear your initial reactions where you're going to be just yeah. like us. You're well, going to be giddy. You're going to be like, hee, 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 hee. Well, you're not going to hear it from me fresh because <laughs> unfortunately I'm spoiling it. But yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe like when Hat, when Alex 2 gets announced, I'll, I'll like get this to, like, a few months in advance to get ready for it. Hell yeah. I don't know. Or you should um, just get on the wait list right now so you can play this. Yeah. All right. so by the all time right. you get it, I feel like it'll I'm, probably I'm, like, be at time a, for the at a co-op right now. You guys are trying yeah, to sell me. I mean, no, 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 not a call, but timeshare. That's the word. Timeshare. It's an eight-week lead time. So that's the thing is, like, if you pre-order it right now, you got eight weeks before you're going to get charged. The yeah. next Half-Life game will be out by then, dude. Come on, let's go. All right, all right. I'll, I'll <laughs> see. I'll take a look at my finances and, uh, you know, talk to the wife, you know, a thousand bucks yeah. on a credit no, card. No, don't tell her. Just, just take out another card. Don't well, tell well, her. baby don't know. It won't hurt her. Oh yeah, coming back to that moment where um, Eli died. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about a little bit about what's next. Half Life Three, of course. I asked you guys the question: Are we ever going to see another flat screen Half Life game? You guys think no, and definitely shouldn't be. What about like the legacy of Half Life multiplayer, Team Fortress Two, Counter Strike, um, games like that? Is is there a future for Source Engine multiplayer games in VR? 
I hope so. Oh God, I hope so. What Definitely. would it be? I don't know. It's it is interesting too to think like it. Let's say they create a VR esports game, right? Like that totally changes the mechanic of like the skill that it takes. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I'm totally yawning right now. Um, the skill it takes to actually like be able to do something like that. One thing that I I thought would be an amazing use for VR would be a real time strategy. Hmm. Like I think we, we have like a godlike perspective. Exactly. Like I heard someone like, else suggest imagine that. Imagine like a Dota. Dota. Yeah. Movie. Did you guys play the game or are you aware of the game Black and White? No. Um. It no, came good. out. It came out. Gosh. It's probably 10, 15 years old by now. Um. It was a game by one of the video game auteurs who's kind of famous, whose name I can't quite recall, but it, it's a god game. You 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 kind of manipulate this society of creatures from with a god hand. Interesting. And I heard someone else uh, suggest that games like that would be a good fit for VR. And so to hear you say that kind of, it's in the oh, air, it sounds like. It's the guy Fab- that played uh, the creative fable. Uh, I think you're Mol- right. Molina. Molyneux. Yeah, Molyneux. that's him. Yeah, Stefan Molyneux. Molyneux. Was it Stefan? No, Peter Molyneux. Yeah, Stefan's the crazy Mol- Molyneux, I think. The Twitter Molyneux. Hey, hey, Matt. Yeah. Have you heard of Asgard's Wrath? I have not. So it's kind of a mix between what you guys just talked about. It's It's a first person... Kind of almost like a Skyrim, you know, I mean, like you got your shield, your sword, hack and slash, but then you can go back into the God view, zoom out, and you can see yourself and like your companions, and you can literally pick somebody up and solve puzzles in the God view, and then warp back down into the first person view, and then go on from there. It's it's kind of a mix of both worlds, but it's actually really well done. The beginning of that game, I was like wicked impressed with, before I played Alex, I mind me, but... Um, it's, it's a pretty slick storyline. It's It's got to do with Loki and Thor and all that stuff, supposedly. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll have yeah. to check that one out. It's Oculus? Yeah, it's Oculus, but obviously if you get the revived program, you can play it on your index. Huh, sweet. Yeah, I'll check it out. I didn't get uh, very far in it. Yeah, I'm only like, well, probably like 8% in at this point. But so far, it's not too bad. It's It's got some odd puzzles, and you got companions you can move around. And stuff. Honestly, though, I think I think that brings up a good point where the the thing that i think i'm excited for with vr is not necessarily taking the controllers and making them be your hands like having different points of interaction that exists than just it like being your hand in the vr space does that make sense you're talking about yep. the penis right yeah exactly like your hand <laughs> becomes a penis and yep, then you just waggle it around um no but like imagine like using that to like sort of transform a world instead of it being your hand right or you know I can't even think of things, but there's tons of different interactions that take place with it. Tentacles? Tentacles. It doesn't even have to be limbs, necessarily. Like, I'm having a hard time envisioning even, this, Matt. I'm not going to lie. Give me an example. Like, Think about, like, um, do you remember in Minority Report, zooming in? Yeah. Around? yeah. Oh, that thing. was good. But that, that's all hand stuff still, right? It's manipulation well, hands. In that context, you're still using your hands to control it, but it's not a hand in the VR experience. Like, what you're so, seeing is not a hand. Correct. Okay. So maybe representing your hands in a different way. Okay. Yeah. Here's the, by the way, this is the clip in the in the Twitch right now where you wake up as Gordon. It's coming up now. Oh man. Here it is. And then he gives you the crowbar. Look at those new gloves. Oh my god, you're right. This oh, is the scene from Half Life Two, right? Yep. But remastered. Oh. And there's fuck. dog. That is so I have hot. To, I have to say, I'm not a big fan of the new Eli. I like the old Eli better, but I he agree. seems younger. Alex looks way different. Gotta yep. sex him up. 
I don't know. I mean, obviously his voice changed, a different voice actor, but I like the old, or jeez, gosh, almighty, the old Eli way better. I don't know. He just, he felt the right age. Now yeah, he just seems like he's way younger, way younger voice. For some... A little more rugged back then. Yeah. Oh my God. Someone posted a, I'm going to share this in chat, Greg. This is something that you should, uh, okay. You should probably add to the, the um, podcast later. This is the original voice actor for Eli. And they actually look exactly. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> oh my God. That's trippy. Yeah. But I want to see who the new guy is. Yeah. Obviously he's way What younger, did you search right? for on, on, to find that Matt? I just searched Eli Vance actor. So Google Eli Vance actor. If you want to see that because I'm not editing this VOD. put the link oh, in he the description. He, was, uh, he, he died. Yeah. That must be why. Sense. Maybe the new, Dude, maybe the new Eli resembles the new Eli voice actor. Maybe. Oh, yeah. the, the the old dude died for real. Yeah, the previous actor did. Oh. Yeah. Well, all good things must come to an end, as is the case with podcasts. Half Life Alex, Valve's first VR game, pushing the medium forward. Here talking again with Matt Dev, aka Matt Fat Thor, also known as Brian. It's Half Life. We liked it. We want to know what's next. Any other well, thoughts, I think boys? We know what's next. I think we know what's next. <laughs> Yep. Half Life Three. Big hype. I'm Any ready. Any thoughts to add, gents? I am again. Like I, I can't reiterate this enough. I'm just really excited to see what what's next outside of Half Life and like what people will build off of this. Yeah, that's the trick. I'm excited to see it too. I'm. I can't wait. I'm not only am I excited for Half Life Three, but the mods for this game. I oh oh. Hell yeah. Is the good. SDK out? Can not people yet. get their hands on it? No, it's not out yet, unfortunately. Hear that, Gabe? It's coming soon. He, they, they mentioned, actually, I read an interview, listened to an interview somewhere that um, said that it's coming shortly after. And it's okay. only been out for, what, two weeks now? Two and a yeah, half weeks? Yeah, about right. Yeah. Okay. More to come soon. Well, gents, uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, quick blurb, who you are and where folks can find you in the world of the internet. Matt. I am Matt DeVincenzi. You can... Find me shitposting on Twitter at Matt Dev. Ryan. At Fat Thor, Fat underscore Thor, mind you. Um, I've been uh, newly streaming on Twitch. I'm going to start on Mixer. I've got a YouTube channel, and I'm thinking of doing some recreations of the Marvel movies on TikTok. Yeah, if you haven't seen this guy stream, he literally streams in a Thor costume. You got to see it. Yep. As for me, uh, my name is Greg Olzerowitz, also known as Deeg. You can find me here at twitch.tv slash DeegTV. I'm also on Twitter as DeegThoughts. And uh, yeah, we have a YouTube channel as well. You can search for Deeg. That'll get, that'll get you there. From our basement to yours, that's it. Have a great night, folks. Peace. Yeah.